So one of the things that we talk about a lot here, I talk about, is our story. And telling our story, and we're beginning to um, have more and more opportunity for people to tell their story, people who feel compelled to tell their story, and, uh, and coming to me. And because I believe fully that a healthy church, everyone has a story to share. There's a reason why. There's a reason why you're here, and there's a reason why you can turn your life, your experience into something to share with somebody else because somebody else will walk through the doors at some point, and you'll be able to connect and talk with them and share why life is the way it is for you and how you're working through it and how God has propelled or provided or cared for you in that process. And I believe wholly in that that's what the church is all about. Everybody in this room has a story. Everybody at the future church of us has a story to tell, and we want to continue to leverage that. Now, Maria is going to share this morning, and so what I want to do is I want to give a disclaimer. She's going to share some heavy stuff. And so this is your opportunity, parents, if you, there are any of your kids left in here, that this would be an okay time to say, hey, let's go send our kids somewhere else. She's going to share some heavy content, her story, but it's going to be tough. And you're going to have to hear it if you're sitting in this room. And so and that's for online listeners, too. I know we have a bunch because of you know, COVID, that are listening online right now. So some of the kids out there at homes, maybe now's the time and go back and watch it later. But I, I do want to give parents another opportunity if you want to send the children somewhere else. We have the room in the back. You can do it. And Regina's back there working with it. But I'm going to pray for Marie. She's getting ready to share. And I, I want your hearts to be ready to hear what she has to say and how God has worked through her story. The Father in heaven... Um, there is nothing under the sun that you don't know. And Lord, I pray that you give Marie the right words, that you have helped her craft some of the words that she's going to share this morning. And Lord, I, I pray that your spirit is used, is active in using her words to impact and encourage and to help us grow. Lord, I also ask that you would give um, Marie, confidence, and that you would remove any sort of stress or anxiety or nervousness as she begins to share. Lord, uh, use this time to glorify your church, to glorify your body, to, to bring us into a deeper relationship with you. We love you, Lord. In your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, I've had a chance here and there to share my testimony of how I came to Jesus um, as a troubled teenager who made some stupid decisions and was lost and lonely. How God met me in that, took me on a mission trip adventure, and showed me a whole new world and won my heart. It's a beautiful story, and I'm eternally thankful for it. I'm also fairly comfortable sharing it. It feels like it's wrapped up in a tidy little box, and I can say, isn't that great? Here I am. But my story isn't over, and God has been working the whole time since I was 16 until today, and he will until my time is up on this earth. So I believe he wants his people, including me, to share what he has done more recently, to keep telling the story of his victory in our lives. But that's not always comfortable. Um, sometimes that means revealing the messy transformation process. Still, who am I to say no I won't do that because it's difficult. Uh, that's uncomfortable. 
or to care more about how people see me than letting his light shine in the darkness for others to see. King David poured out his heart in Psalm 40, saying, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of destruction, out of the mud and mire. He stood me on a rock and made my feet steady. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many people will see this and worship him. Then they will trust the Lord. My God, I want to do what you want. I will tell about your goodness in the great meeting of your people. Lord, you know my lips are not silent. I do not hide your goodness in my heart. I speak about your loyalty and salvation. I do not hide your love and truth from the people in the great meeting. So, here I am. Here we are. And here's a piece of my story. On November 7th, one year ago yesterday, Jesus rescued me from the temptation of suicide by the power of his spirit and through important relationships and physical support. He provided a way to live overcoming the darkness. He restored balance and gave me a new level of joy, stability, freedom, and self-control. His power shined through my weakness, and he has shown, me, shown abundant mercies to my aching soul. He was with me in the fire. He held back the waters, and he did not let the perfect storm of grueling circumstances overwhelm me to the point of destruction. Jesus is the victor. It was one and a half months after one of the most intense seasons in my life, which concluded with a tragic loss for our family. We had said our goodbyes, cried many tears, paid our respects, and were picking up the pieces to move forward. Also, I had some symptoms of imbalance that I had been looking into for about a year, but not doing much to address. My daily pursuit of God through, his time, through time in his word, prayer, worship, etc., had ebbed and flowed, but lessened overall after our loss. The week leading up to this event had been minimal in that regard, fairly busy in other ways. On that Tuesday in early November, we went to a concert at the event center, which was really fun. On Wednesday, I felt a bit depressed and laid low at home. And then on Thursday, the ache and the burden felt unbearable, just like that. But despite the strength of the temptation I felt to take matters into my own hands and do something terrible, and despite the heavy mental fog I was under that day, God provided a way out. He did not leave me in my time of need. And over time, he has fortified me to face each day with greater strength and hope. I see the hand of God the Father, the reckless love of Jesus, and the power of his Holy Spirit in this. And I'm thankful to that perfect, holy, three persons in one God for his provision in these ways. Deep connection with Jesus fostered over years of daily pursuit. Plans on the calendar and a habit of being faithful to show up for those people. Relationships strengthened over time through regular intentionality. Ways to support myself physically. Counseling with my therapist and my pastor. Grace for each day after that near miss to show up for the basic tasks of living and the important events in my life. Because my relationship with Jesus was intact, as in I had received his invitation earlier in life to receive God's forgiveness 
and be reconciled to him and had given my heart and my life to him, I had those years of following him to offer a foundation. Being in right relationship with God through Jesus facilitated that vital connection. His work in my life had produced character to more consistently follow through with commitments made. And I had an appointment with someone scheduled for that morning, someone I sought to serve, and I did not want to miss that Zoom meeting with her. A couple people played a vital role in my life that day, and I see the evidence of that relational capital invested. My dear husband responded to my text with words of compassion, truth, and deep care for me. My friend Hannah took my confession seriously when I told her what had happened that morning. God had kept me safe through those scary moments and directed my steps to keep moving forward with the day's activities, which led to piano lessons at Hannah's house in the evening. Once the kids were out of earshot, I answered her genuine inquiry about how I was doing with a simple statement. I was tempted to kill myself this morning. She, t she looked at me with love in her eyes and said, oh, Marie, that's a tough place to be. I'm sorry. She hugged me and welcomed me in my brokenness, and she asked, do you feel safe to go home tonight? I'm right here if you need anything. As she knew Joe would be working late out of town that night. I told her I thought I would be okay since the kids were with me, and she reiterated that she was just a phone call away and 10 minutes down the road. I very much appreciate that. I mention this part in detail because it shows why God intends for us to live in relationship with fellow believers he puts in our lives and how important it is to foster those relationships so we can be there for each other. Also, telling someone was huge for me, having someone who felt safe to tell and how well she responded. What a difference that can make. The time put into fostering my relationships with God and his people in my life was well spent on those more up days because when the down day came, they were accessible. Still, I was starkly reminded not to get lax in my pursuit of the Lord and consumption of his word daily. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. First Peter 5, 8-9. On that day, I felt the heat from the roaring lion's mouth at my back as I faced what seemed like the inevitable. But God was there. His angels would not let me fall off that proverbial cliff. His strong hand guided me out into a clearing where I could begin to see truth again. In the season, immediately following that dark Thursday, I was so emotionally spent, numb, pretty impenetrable. You know, the activities, the Sunday school answers, or even the songs that usually spoke to me generated no response in me. But on that Sunday, the worship team played a song that I hadn't heard before, and it was perfect. It said, there's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the sea. You see, in, that, in the moment, I felt, I, I had not felt the palpable presence of God um, with me in a sweet awareness like 
I had been blessed to experience at other times in my life. I had walked away thankful, yet traumatized and a little unsure of what had just happened. So when they sang that song, it was like Jesus was saying to me, I was there. I never left your side, and you're still here. The song goes on to say, I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus, he who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things unseen in this reckoning, and I know I will never be alone. There will be another in the fire standing next to me. There will be another in the waters holding back the sea. And should I ever need reminding how good you've been to me, I'll count the joy come every battle because I know that's where you'll be. In the days and weeks that passed last November and following, I took steps to find further healing and deliverance. I faced my mental, spiritual, and physical state honestly and addressed them all. I told my friend Leah the next day and started to tell others here and there as the opportunity presented itself. That included making an appointment with this guy, Pastor Jason, even though I didn't feel like talking about it. I figured that was a thing that made sense to do. When hard things happen, you talk to your pastor, right? So I did. And it turned out he had some great advice that proved to be quite useful for me. What do you know? <laughs> per his insights, I made some logistical changes to my morning routine that made a difference. And I approached my daily goals more simply. During our conversation, I remember expressing my spiritual doubts and frustrations about some things that weren't meeting up to my expectations. Essentially, I asked if these fruits are evidence of life with Christ, why don't I feel that joy in my life? And he replied, but do you have any at all? Any joy, any peace, hope? Yes. The answer is yes. I do experience joy and peace in the deepest parts of me. And I do have hope that I can hold on to confidently. I have a sense of purpose in my life. I had to do some things to support myself physically so my mind and body could function more like they were meant to, and that's okay, to help make that emotional connection more often with the goodness of God and his many gifts in my life. Several moments since that day, I felt powerfully like I'm living on borrowed time, attending my daughter's student-led conferences in her kindergarten class, enjoying time away with my husband on our trip to Yellowstone uh, for my first time, facilitating women's group fellowship, pivoting with the rest of the world during this unprecedented time to spread hope and peace to questioning hearts. Simple, everyday moments at home with my family, savoring their preciousness. And I needed to make choices every single day, and I still do, to put to use the tools I've been given in order to see continual victory, lean into that miraculous transformation and walk in freedom with eyes on the prize, yet with patience and presence here now. To know the feast is coming and the eternal rest and consummation of faith and joy and glory is coming. But this is still the battle. There is work yet to be done here, and I will show up for it because my Jesus is worth it today. And if he can rescue me from the pit and sustain me in the battle, he can do the same for you whatever that looks like.